Gonzaga Nation SI, I'm one of your two hosts, Stan Dickow, alongside Adam Morrison on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Well, we're getting close to uh, Christmas time. Gonzaga's got one game left before uh, players head off to their respective hometowns um, to enjoy a couple days off. I would imagine it's not more than two or three days off. I remember as a college player, 36 hours seemed like an eternity to be able to get away. Adam and I will talk about that in a second. But, Mo, that Alabama game, after the first five minutes, I think that was the best I've seen Gonzaga play all season long. What were your thoughts? Uh, I, I I agree. I think, you know, aside from the Kentucky game at, and spurts, that was the most complete game they've had all Five starters scored in double figures. Obviously, Drew Timmy with a big game with 29 and 10. Anton Watson had 17. Um, it was just a well-rounded uh, a game from everybody. They got down nine early twice, fought back, um, obviously took the lead into halftime. But I think the biggest adjustment that they made from last year's game, um, obviously defensively, they did a better job guarding the three and understood they were going to drive and kick. So not over helping and understanding it. it's okay if they make some tough twos, but I think making eight to 12 foot floaters, and I know it sounds uh, funny, but they purposely took those shots during that game, instead of going up against a really good shot blocking uh, unit at Betty Aku and the other big kid that led out to run outs and wide open three. So I think the coaching adjustment, um, compared to last year was fantastic. And then obviously we took care of the basketball. We only had nine turnovers. We had six against Northern Illinois, only nine against Alabama. That was a huge difference. Um, so yeah, it was probably the best game we've had all season, huge tournament uh, type resume win for us. Um, a good confidence booster. It, it was great all around. Yeah. I, I think this keeps Gonzaga in the conversation for a one or a two seed. Uh, simply for the fact that if you look at their strength of schedule and the fact that St. Mary's is really good this year, they dropped a home game against Colorado State the other night, which which is tough for them in the league. But it, it keeps Gonzaga's resume strong as long as they handle business. I think they can afford one loss in league as long as it's to the second or third place team and still be considered for one seed because I think there's so much parity in college basketball this year. Yeah, I, I, I think we should be throwing out the one seed talk this early, in my opinion, <laughs> to be real. Yeah, like, there's a lot, of hoop. yeah a lot of hoop left. I think a two or a three would be absolutely fine. Um, you know, obviously we want to strive for the best, and we've done a good job of the last four or five years of securing those one seeds. But if you can finish in the top three and get in the right bracket, and you understand this is what the matchup is. But I think just as for a – you know, tournament resume and then understanding, I don't know, kind of quieting the noise a little bit about how good this team can be. We've seen this team play better over the last month or so, even in losses. I'm referring to Baylor, but in moments when we haven't played great, we've looked better. And then now we finally put a, put together a complete, uh, excuse me, a complete game from everyone. Um, so I was just really pleased with our performance and our execution of the game plan. Yeah, that, that execution was tremendous. Six players in double figures. You touched on that. Um, but Brandon Miller from Alabama, like I saw him play a few times when I was just watching games early this season. Then I locked in and watched him closely this weekend. Um, I mean, that guy, 
the, the Kevin Durant comparisons to me are not fair because Kevin Durant is an all-timer, but Brandon Miller's pretty dang good. What did you see, and is there a guy that you can think of in your college time that you had to match up with you thinking, like, he's going to be a good pro? Yeah, I, I just, you know, I remember obviously watching the game, and he, he had that stretch. I think he scored 12 to 16 in a row or whatever it was, and we couldn't stop him. I actually kind of kept Alabama in the game from getting blown out, to be frank. Like, I mean, they had no answer for anybody on their their side offensively besides him. If he's not making some of those crazy shots and scoring at the clip he was, we we probably run away with that uh, victory. Um, I texted somebody from the Utah Jazz, just a, a scout that I know, and said, yeah, he's probably a lottery pick. Um, so it was, it, it, it was impressive to watch super long, super athletic. Um, it's hard to make comparisons as far as, you know, um, guys I used to play with. It, I like to let, let guys make their own paths, I guess. I, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but definitely has an NBA type body. I definitely could score the basketball. Um, you know, besides that night, he's averaging almost 19 a game. So he's backed it up all season. So bright future is fun to watch him. I'm glad we got the win, but it's fun watching another guy get you know, get going offensively as well. Yeah, the, the one guy that I can remember going up against in college that just kind of like burst onto the scene would have been my uh, senior year. We played Marquette in the Great Alaska Shootout, and nobody knew about Dwayne Wade at the time. He had a damn near quadruple double against us. I think he had like 24 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, eight rebounds, eight steals, eight turnovers, like five blocks. It was literally – you look at the stat sheet and the thing was filled across the board. Um, so certain guys just stand out. Um, and it's fun to watch those guys. When I watched him play though, I think one of the things that stood out for me as a young guy was his shot prep. Every time he caught it, he was ready to go. And that's yeah. something, that, you know, when I look back at, at looking at your game, you came off every pin down, every dribble handoff, if it was run for you, like ready to go and make it make a decision is that something that's instinctively or is that something that's ingrained in you where you have to work on it work on it I think you have to work on it I mean obviously at the high school level he was probably a big time scorer just assuming that um when you get to the you know the higher levels as you know the margins get tighter and, and the time to get your shot off gets shorter the windows close so I think it's something that you have to constantly work on and prepare. I mean, the greatest shooters of all time, Ray Allen's, Reggie Miller's, obviously Steph Curry, Larry Bird's, their feet were on time and on the catch, right? Or in triple threat as you catch, whatever terminology you want to use. So um, that's something I think that he's probably sat down with a, a either a high school coach or somebody that knew that he has a chance to be an NBA player really soon, probably like his junior year on, right? And say it out loud, but like, hey, if you can improve on these things, this is not just for high school, this is for college. And then at the NBA level, you got to be able to get your shot off. So very impressed with his overall game, silky smooth. It wasn't just raw athleticism. It was work. You could put, you could tell. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun to watch. Obviously glad that he didn't score enough to, to knock us off, but uh, great player. Nonetheless, probably going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, he's going to be fun to watch as the season goes on, and I would expect him to be a lottery pick unless something crazy happens. You know, Mo, we've 
got one game before it's a Christmas break for players. Um, and this is a longer break than I can think of. Um, you know, we play Montana December 20th. Don't play again until the 28th against Eastern Oregon. That's like an eight-game, eight-day stretch. I remember in college myself, not living here in Spokane, we get like 36 to 48 hours to get away. You lived in Spokane, so you didn't have to deal with the travel getting away, like literally what you drive 12 minutes to your parents' house and hang yeah. out. Um, what is that mind frame? What was that mind frame like for you having a break? Because people, I don't think enough people realize how long of a grind this college season is. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was welcomed uh, to a certain extent. And then obviously, you know, a lot of people, you know, like to keep a routine basketball wise. I knew you like, uh, we're the same, you know, mindset. So I, I'm not sure, like some guys like it. Um, I like to have maybe one or two days off and that was it. I wanted to get back in the gym. I know it sounds funny and cliche, but like, what else are you going to do? Sit around. Um, yeah. And then at, at some point, you know, as, as kids, we all fall into the trap. If you go home, even if you're from there and get around your friends that are back in town, bad things are probably going to happen. So get me back in the gym, get me back focused. Um, because, you know, it, it's just one of those inevitable things. Um, so I liked a couple days off uh, and then I felt like I always felt like I'd lose my wind easily. Yeah. So I was one of those guys that like, Hey, let's at least shoot or at least, you know, have a scrimmage or something, play one-on-one or something. So, but it's different for everybody. I, I didn't like a lot of time off and I know that sounds funny, but it's just from a, I like the rhythm and, and keep my game tight as the season went along. Yeah. It was a rhythm and a timing thing for me as well. I didn't like taking a lot of time. Say, say I went home on the 23rd and had to fly back to Spokane on the 25th. I'd be in the gym on the morning of the 24th, at least get having the ball in my hands and doing something. Did you, would you remember, or do you remember like uh, a certain amount of frustration with the coaches when you would come back on that next practice? Cause I always felt this uneasiness with the staff of like, they're looking out of their side of their eye, making sure guys are like touching the lines and conditioning and going over everything. Yeah. I think there's a, it's like sending your kids away for whatever. And then hoping that they do what they told you that they were going to do or doing their homework or whatever, and then come back and then they take the test. You're going to have some anxiety. So I get, um, you know, especially some of the guys, we always had guys on our team that probably shouldn't go home and eat mom and dad's, cook meals okay <laughs> right and they worked very hard on their bodies but it could slip away really quick so I think that's where some of the anxiety would come in and I understand it um you know like uh, Shima Karnowski was a great example obviously didn't play with him but he'd work his tail off with Travis Knight get his body in shape and then he'd go home for two weeks to Poland god bless him and he would come back and it was like he didn't lift the weight all season and Shimmick was a fantastic player, one of our best inside players. So I think the anxiety that our coaches have um, was for good reason, because we all played with guys like that that said, yeah, coach, I'll, I'll, I'll get on the bike. I'll shoot some free throws. And then you can come, you know, you can watch you do the first 16 and a guy can barely make it to an eight. Well, you haven't been doing much. And then a lot of times for us, you know, in our days, we didn't play in Eastern Oregon, nothing against them coming back. We were probably were playing somebody to try to up our rpi so we had to be ready to go so i they were a little of annoying but i 
being older now, you can understand why is my point. Yeah, no, that's that's funny. You mentioned the certain guys go away and they come back with a few extra LBs or they're a little bit out of shape. Uh, I can remember a couple teammates in that same position. So um, looking forward to uh, Gonzaga having a good getaway game. Uh, hopefully they all have a good Christmas break. Mo, wish you the a Merry Christmas Christmas with you and your family as well. So uh, we'll be back soon for another episode of the ISO with Dan and Adam on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network.